being burnt at the stake, stoned, imprisonment. This is often how we view real suffering. That is a real fight. The truth is, although those things may manifest degrees in suffering, it does not answer where or how the suffering comes. It may appear the fight is physical, but in truth the fight starts long before any physical fight. So how are we to understand suffering? How do we know more about the fight and what does it take to fight? Welcome to the weekly Wholesome Words podcast where we examine the sound doctrine in God's word for the specific purpose to know Christ, gain the renewing of our mind, and therefore to prove his will in our lives that all things would work together for his purpose. I'm Josh Strelecki, pastor and teacher of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join me in this episode to examine where the fight begins in the casting down of imaginations. If we are not involved in this pre-fight first, when it comes to the fight and the war against the adversary, we've already lost. Now, this doesn't mean we lose our salvation, but ignorance is what the adversary with those that he utilizes relies upon. When we are not reading and studying God's word that gives us the mind of Christ, gives us the renewing of our mind, that we may take every thought captive. That if we are not engaged in that and we are ignorant, then we are easily Um, taken advantage of by the adversary and those around. And we may put up a fight, but we are not fighting the good fight. And we are not fighting the way in which our Heavenly Father has prescribed. Therefore, the very first thing that we need to understand in regards to this spiritual fight is two things. One, the responsibility that we have to, as Paul exhorts, all those in whom he came in contact with, especially as the word of God began to be fulfilled in the canon of scripture, is that we are to study. We are to read and give attendance to reading. We are to understand and know the things of the spirit. We are to know the word of God. It is the word of God that is the objective medium that God through the Spirit of God has granted us, that we might therefore have His thoughts, that we may have His knowledge, that we may have His understanding, that we therefore then secondarily be able to fight, to be able to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, that we might know Christ and therefore cast down imaginations, every other high thing that exalteth itself against the image of Christ that we find as in a glass, as we behold as in a glass, the very image that we are to be changed into. This fight is a preservation of not only the word of God, but the process of being changed into that image. And therefore, we may dabble and we may fight in connection with other things, but if it isn't first in regards to the renewing of our mind and the, therefore the casting down of the imaginations that we hold ourselves and that are so prevalent in the world today, 
then we are not truly fighting in regards to what the scripture declares. The other thing that we need to make note of in connection with that is that the fight is not physical. Although it may get physical, this is why in the introduction I alluded to the reality that the suffering comes from somewhere. The persecution, the the saints of old uh, that were burnt at the stake or stoned or imprisoned suffered physically that that uh that way because of the fight that came before it the battle of the mind and the issue of the proclamation of the gospel and the declaration of godliness that confronted this dark world with those with dark hearts and because of that therefore Suffering and physical suffering arises. But before that, spiritually, there's a spiritual fight. uh, Paul, in his last letter to Timothy, describes that the time of his departure was at hand in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. And then he says this in verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul has fought a good fight. He speaks of this before and he tells Timothy in regards to how to war. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare holding faith in a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Back in Second Timothy, he talks about how to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus in chapter 2. And in verse 3, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So we are soldiers of Jesus Christ, but we must be good soldiers. We war, but we are to war a good warfare. We are to fight, but we are to be fight the good fight. In each one of those, you have the, the adjective, the, the description of the warfare and the fight and the soldier and that being of good. How are you a good soldier? How are you a fight a good fight and war a good warfare? That is, you fight on the basis of what the Word of God says in regards to what the Spirit of God has given in his word, that is the lowercase s, spirit of God, the mind of God. That is where we fight. Is we fight in connection with what's going on in the mind of others. Paul, as he writes to those at Ephesus in chapter 6, explains more about this fight and this battle. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
Once you understand and know the truth and you have the renewing of your mind and you therefore have built up that mind of Christ within you by virtue of the edification of God's word in your reading and in your studying, the issue is holding faith. The issue becomes standing upon it. And so there is the knowing, there is a understanding, there is a lack of ignorance through the reading and studying of God's word. And then there's, and, and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ because you know Christ, you've learned Christ. And then when you fight and you confront by the mind of Christ that you now possess and you confront the mind of this world and the wisdom of the world and the flesh in others, there is going to come contention to some degree, one way or another. Because you have the light, you have life, and you're confronting darkness and death. He goes on to say that we are to stand. We then stand upon the truth as we function as the pillar and ground of the truth. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And now he's going to talk about our wrestling. He says, and who we wrestle against. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, this doesn't have to be some mystical thing. And um, it is dark, but it's not this uh, um, um, quirky, uh, weird darkness that seems to be uh, out there in Christianity. The way in which these principalities and powers, these rulers of the darkness of this world, the God of this world, remember, what does he do? Second Corinthians chapter four, he blinds, he blinds the what? The minds. How does he blind the minds? Is that he has darkness and the darkness confronts the light. Isn't that what takes place? Is that when there's light to be able to see that you, if you wanted to blind, you would bring darkness. I don't know about you, but pretty blind or I can't see when it's dark and especially when that darkness is great. He says, against spiritual wickedness in high places, these principalities and powers, these rulers of the darkness of this world, what they do is they propagate their spirit. And what I mean by spirit, that lowercase f, s is thoughts, knowledge, understanding. It's on the basis of spirituality. It's the issue of that which is not seen in knowledge and understanding and, and wisdom that, that comes out. And Paul had already said in Ephesians chapter 2 that he says, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air with his principalities and powers has a spirit, a lowercase s, a mind, and various thoughts that are against Christ. Their imaginations against the image of Christ and his thoughts. And they work, that spirit works in the children of disobedience. And it works to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And Paul says, 
That is what we're up against. We're up against this spirit in the heart, uh, in the mind of those that from the heart have not believed the gospel and therefore are children of wrath and have and matured and developed in this spirit that comes from the prince of the power of the air and that it develops within that unbeliever and are identified as the children of disobedience. When we confront one of those individuals, we are confronting the spirit that works within them. And the spirit that works within them is against the image of Christ. It is against the mind of Christ. It is contrary to the renewing of our mind and what we are supposed to know. But if you don't know what you're supposed to know, then you're never going to know that that's against it. And in fact, it might sound good. It might tickle the ears. It might entice you. But if you don't have the word of God built up within you, one, you may not even fight in the first place. Or two, you may be ignorant and not able to fight. He says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having loins girt about with truth. And he goes on and on regarding this spiritual armament that we are to possess. And the only offensive weapon is the word of God. The word of God in regards to our fight. It is not experience. It is not... um, the the miraculous it is the issue of knowing the word of god that is the only offensive weapon of the spirit all other armament is defensive armor of the spirit and by the way that defensive armor you get from the word of god you get from the word of god You're able to put it on to stand. You're able to put it on to defend. But when you engage in the fight, you not only possess those things by the word of God to be able to stand, you therefore have the word of God to fight the good fight, to war the good warfare. This fight, this warfare, this issue of being a soldier is discussed all throughout the scripture. And this issue specifically in Paul's epistles that comes to light in regards to where the battle really is. It's the battle for your mind. And what the Word of God provides us is to first destroy, to tear down, and to cast down the edifice of our knowledge and understanding and our thoughts that are contrary to God that we know are contrary to God because of the word of God and not only that provides us a readiness to revenge all disobedience has in us a readiness to do that within ourselves as well as be prepared to fight the good fight not fight physically To not throw a punch, for we are to give of our physical life. We are to feed our enemy. We are to give them drink if they are thirsty. We are not to be overcome with evil, but to overcome evil with good. But nevertheless, we are never to compromise the message and the reason for godliness. 
and what godliness consists of. And therefore we are to proclaim the gospel. We are to declare godliness and take that light and that life and confront the imaginations that others hold that it may by our speech tear down their strongholds that if they are to possess it themselves can tear it down. I want to leave you with this here. In Second Timothy, in chapter 2, he speaks about the servant of God. And he says this in verse 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. There are those out there, unbelievers and believers, that oppose themselves. They oppose themselves in the sense of receiving that which is good and right and holy and pure and good in Christ. And the servant of the Lord does not strive. The servant of the Lord is gentle and they utilize the mechanics of the wielding of the offensive weapon of the Spirit, the Word of God. They are apt to teach. But in the aptness to teach, they have other things regarding the Word of God. They are patient. They're in meekness instructing those that impose themselves. And when the servant of the Lord fights in that way, he says, if God peradventure will give them repentance, that changing of their mind to the acknowledging of the truth. God gives them a changing of the mind by your aptness to teach the word of God. And he says, and that they may recover themselves. You don't recover them. But you're giving them that which takes down their imaginations. That which takes down their high thoughts that exalt themselves against the obedience of Christ. And they are able to take it and now they have it to repent, to change their mind, acknowledge the truth, and therefore recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. In conclusion, there are so many Christians out there today that do not understand the devices of Satan. They do not understand that the fight is in regards to the mind. And even if they do, in regards to, for instance, this podcast, understand now that the fight is in regards to the battle of the mind will not turn to the Word of God. They may say and talk about it. They may go to church, but they don't value the Word of God. The Word of God provides us every element of our armor, our spiritual armor, the helmet of salvation, having our loins girt about with truth and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and so on and so on. The word of God is our only offensive weapon of the spirit. And it's the only offensive weapon of the spirit is because that is where the battle is. That is where the war is. That is how we are a good soldier when we fight that good fight spiritually in thoughts and wisdom and knowledge and understanding. 
And so many won't turn to the word of God. And I beseech you, therefore, brethren, don't be ignorant of what the scripture teaches. Study. Read. Renew your mind. The Spirit renews our mind by the word of God that we may first be able to cast down our own imaginations against Christ. And in so in that process, be able to easily identify the imaginations in others and wield the sword of the Spirit to bring down their imaginations and give them exactly what they need to recover themselves from the snare of the devil. We first must not be in that snare. Are you in the snare? How do you know if you are and if you're not? We must hold not in just our speech to the authority of God's word, but we must hold that in our practice by reading and studying and coming to the knowledge of the truth. Well, I hope this has been of some help in regards to our spiritual fight. And long before any possible physical suffering comes, there is a fight going on. I hope and pray, beloved, that you're fighting the good fight, you're warring the good warfare, and you are that good soldier in Christ. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life, but ever seek the Word of God to study, to read it, to gain the mind of Christ, the renewing of your mind, that therefore you may be that good soldier. Until next week, look up.